When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Yo, yo. What's going on? It's going to be another hot day today. That's actually an interesting concept for broadcast. I thought some of the television morning shows couldn't get any more irritating, but if they sung the weather, that it, might be a thing. It's gonna be hot and maybe thunderstorms. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. We got a lot to talk about in this episode of After 9. Welcome to it, everybody. Before we get into this amazing content here, have you ever done that team building exercise where you walk across the hot coals? Never. It's a thing, and I'm not exactly sure why. They did a thing about it on The Office once. Um, they decided to try it. A uh, company decided to try it for their employees, and 13 of them were taken to hospital with severe burns to their feet. <laughs> 12, 12 more were treated at the scene by paramedics. <laughs> so you wanted to bring them together, did you? <laughs> well, they bonded in the hospital, all right. <laughs> I don't know what went wrong, but apparently this is a semi-safe activity to do. You just have to do it properly. And uh, yeah, in total, 25 people got hurt. 13 seriously. Did they accidentally do this while they were drinking? Like, I could see that happening. Like, you know what, guys? This does not even hurt my feet. The office rented out a lakeside retreat. Yep, they were drunk. 100%. A thousand percent they were drunk. That's messed up. Oh, speaking of which, by the way. Speaking of drunk, have you been following the story that the sun has been leaking out over the last two days about the amount of money that's getting spent on catering on Can Force One, the prime minister's plane? Oh, actually, I'll I'll be completely fair here. The prime minister himself, when he does his regular little junkets, like when he's in Ottawa, but he's going to do a funding announcement. So he flies to. Windsor or Toronto Mm -hmm. or whatever on those ones they don't spend a lot of money on catering however when they go on those overseas trips the taps are flowing cat it's crazy how much money they're spending the governor general's flight you remember the one where she went over to like Dubai and and places like that right yeah that was over a hundred thousand dollars in catering holy shit just in catering on that flight. It's cra- that, that's, cra- that's, that's crazy. That's crazy. The, uh, the prime minister. Back in, I, I'm going to try and get the exact specs on this, exactly when it was. The National Post is where I'll pull this information from. They uh, have published the bar tabs because that's not included in the catering. However, the prime minister's plane, when he went on that six-stop tour of Europe and Africa in February 2020, right before COVID hit, 95 bottles of wine, 93 beers, an in-flight bar tab alone of $1,418. So I'm assuming if you're a member of the media, you're probably drinking for free when you're on the prime minister's plane. You would assume so, yeah. The, uh, (laughs) The data was released from Global Affairs Canada. 
And sometimes those planes are quite full. But either way, this is taxpayer money. The Europe trip. Sorry, that was the the first leg of that trip. The the next leg, the European part, $845 on 43 bottles of wine and 35 cans of beer. There was a trip to Japan, 57 bottles of wine and 35 cans of beer. Yeah, they're racking up a lot of money when they fly. Holy shit. Wow. That's crazy. Wow. The Sun and the National Post both have those numbers. Uh, I'm going to play this for you quickly because yesterday was an exciting day, Kat. When Pierre Polyev returned to the House of Commons, he's been out oh, campaigning yeah. for the leadership. Yeah, I had that in my calendar. I was really excited for the day. <laughs> listen to his question and then listen to the answer that came in yesterday in the House of Commons. Thank you. Not once, not twice, but 13 times did this public safety minister claim the police told them to suspend people's civil liberties with the Emergencies Act. Not only did the cops say that's not true, but yesterday, two of his fellow ministers, including the deputy prime minister, said it's not true. And today, the prime minister refused to say that his public safety minister had acted honorably. If his fellow ministers don't think he is honorable and truthful, why is he still in cabinet? Honorable prime minister. Now, I thought that was a fair question. So let's see what the prime minister responds to that, because he hates Pierre Polyev with a passion. So let's see what he comes up with in answering that very reasonable question. If even the deputy prime minister says that the cops didn't say that and 13 times he insists they did. Well, what's going on here? Mr. Speaker, while the member opposite uh, concerns himself supposedly with the freedom of Canadians to protest uh, illegally, uh, we're going to continue to stand uh, with Canadians who had their lives disrupted uh, by the illegal blockades and, and, uh, and protesters uh, who, uh, who took, uh, uh, took such lengths to try and shut down our economy uh, over, uh, over the month of February. We have continued to work with, continue to work with police officers, with services, uh, with uh, local authorities to give them the tools we needed and ultimately chose to invoke the Emergencies Act to keep Canadians safe and to put an end to these barricades. Disrupting people's lives. This is a prime minister who disrupted the lives of tens, if not hundreds of thousands of people because of a personal medical decision. Everything this government has been saying about our truckers has been false from the very beginning, starting with the claim that they would spread a, they would spread a virus even though they're in a truck all alone all day long and ending with the recent claim that the police had asked for the Emergencies Act. Now that the government has admitted that the public safety minister stated falsehoods, will the prime minister do the honorable thing and fire him? Yeah, that's a fair question. And I'd kind of like to know the answer to that too, Justin. You can't lie to parliament. You can't lie to those committees. You can't lie to the Canadian people if you're in cabinet, if you're an elected representative at all. He's uh, zoomed in there, right? Oh, he's zoomed he's in because st- he's, he's self-isolating again. Yeah. Although, I mean, this guy loves to fly. Uh, back to what we were talking about at the beginning. He just booked another trip. He's in self-isolation this week from his trip last week to L.A. Next week, he's going to Rwanda, Germany, and Spain. Holy shit, dude. Somebody doesn't <laughs> like being at home. <laughs> well, I mean, we were all cooped up for a while. Uh, he has the means to and, and an excuse anytime, right? I guess so. Uh, I want to talk about rent quickly. For those who don't know, there's a website called rentals.ca that will give you rentals that are available in your area. They also keep track of the rentals that come in. 
And I'm looking at some of the average monthly rents that are happening in and around uh, where we do our radio show is Waterloo Region. It's Kitchener, Waterloo and Cambridge for the purpose of this study. That has now vaulted up to the 11th most expensive place in Canada to rent with the average one bedroom apartment going for $1,839 a month. Guelph was the seventh most expensive city. The average cost of a one bedroom, $1,950. And a two bedroom goes for $2,156 a month. Center of the universe, Toronto. Rent is up 19% with condo and apartment rentals going for an average of $2,418 in May. But nobody beats Vancouver, Cat. A one-bedroom in Vancouver, $2,377 a month. A two-bedroom in Vancouver, $3,495 a month. That's crazy. That's crazy. How do people afford to live in this country? How can you afford to live in this country? If you immigrated to Canada and thought, I'm going to go to Canada for a better life and I'll just rent an apartment and save up some money. How can you save up money Mm -hmm. when you're paying $3,495 a month Mm -hmm. in rent? It's crazy. I'm a member of a lot of the groups, right? Community groups. I like to keep my eye on what's going on. Maybe I'm, you know, maybe it's because of interest me and other times I just kind of watch and see what happens. And this is an issue that's been brought up time after time, no matter the group or the situation, people, and thankfully there are people trying to help others, but people just looking for rentals that aren't astronomical. Like some of those numbers you give are, they're insane. And Mm -hmm. yeah, they're of course higher than a mortgage. And then it's frustrating for some of those people who, you know, at a certain point you're just like, why don't you just give these people a mortgage that they would actually end up being less. And maybe some, some, in some cases they're not interested and we all know how that works. And sometimes they just can't, but it's insane to me that, and people are kicking people out of their properties because they know that the rent is that high. So if currently they've got people in their place and they know they could probably get 22, a hundred a month, but they've got people paying 18 and they can't, raise it they're kicking them out and figuring loopholes out i mean this is happening and being ongoing for especially the last little while and then putting it back on and back up for those prices but they're it's going for that right yeah because there's no other solution what do you do do you team up and be like hey my family has to be in with another family now when we try to figure this out in a four-bedroom house instead of getting a condo because this is ridiculous it's crazy you have to get creative now we've talked in the past about how many people are single cannot on their income afford to live or purchase anything. So they've got to go in on a home purchase with a close friend. And then Mm -hmm. they've got to do the cohab agreement and all the shit that comes along with it. But they have to do that just to try and make ends meet. When it comes to rent, people will pay it. If you tell them the rent's $3,200 a month, even if they can't afford it, they'll take it. Because that's all they can yeah. get right Even now. if they think in their mind it's short term. So if that means they have to sign in one year, fine. In their mind, okay, it's going to be short term that I do this. It's, it, it's still, it, and what you're saying is actually, you know, getting in on a, with a friend and a house. That's like a gr- good scenario to be in right now. That used to be like a fallback, like worst case scenario. Now that's actually, you're, you're pretty good. If you've got a friend or maybe it ends up being a coworker or a family member, a cousin or a sibling, and you go in with them on something, you're one of the lucky ones. There's a lot of people that don't have that option, that, that, can't, that don't have family here. And you mentioned people new to the country. And that's a lot of the stuff that I see too, are posts from people who are like, hey, 
I've just come to Canada. Holy shit. I don't even know what I can afford right now. I'm living in a temporary spot and I need to find a rental. And I I can't make ends meet if I get any of these rentals. I literally will have no money left. That's a frustrating position to be in. Well, the ripple effect is what's really concerning. I mean, not only when you are in that situation and almost all of your income is just going to the four walls and roof above you. You can't spend the kind of money you need to spend to keep the economy going. Uh, Hey, stores rely on people shopping in them and there's no disposable income left. Grocery prices are through the roof. And in a lot of cases, people are cutting back on good, healthy food because they buy the cheaper stuff. There's people who are there's there's single moms out there and single dads that aren't getting their child support because the other partner can't afford it based on the high price of gas. Rents going up. Inflation is out of control. All of these things are adding up and the ripple effect is nuts. We're going to be in such a shitty situation soon, guys. It's coming faster than I thought it would. And nobody in Ottawa seems to be doing anything about it. Real scary. But while we're talking about expensive things, let's do a luxury one. With two little girls at home, I assume you've already accepted the fact that at some time in the next five to ten years, you're going to find your ass at Walt Disney World. Probably. Probably paying for the, <laughs> the princess updo and all the shit, all right? The things. I mean, truth be told, I'm excited for it. I mean, I want to go. Disney has a spinoff company called Adventures by Disney. They're offering a really unique experience. They call it Disney Parks Around the World. It's a trip that you can buy. It gives you access to all 12 of their parks on the planet. So you get California, you get Orlando, then you get uh, Tokyo, Shanghai, Hong Kong, you get Paris. There's also a couple of stops in major tourist attractions around the world, like the Great Pyramids in Egypt and the Taj Mahal in India. Mm -hmm. This is an amazing trip, all run by the great people at Disney. Once in a lifetime. I mean, and really, if you're going to go one time to Disney, and you, but you think you might go multiple times, that's when it might be worth it. What are we talking about price-wise, though? O- only 75 tickets are available. Okay. It's $110,000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, grand. But... How many stops is that, sorry? How many stops? How many get, car- parks? You go to all 12 of their parks. It's, uh, a, it's a month-long trip. It's uh, honestly... If you... Obviously, this is a certain amount of people that are even able to spend that money up front. Mm -hmm. But I'll give you an example. I've got a girlfriend that goes with her family every single year. She's been to Disney World. She's very blessed in that way. Been to Disney World a million times, taken her family of four there, and kind of warns you of how much it costs. She's like, expect to spend minimum 12 grand. That's if you get some deals, probably 15 grand for a family of four. And that's a lot for a lot of people. But if you are able to go to this and take a month and that's you and you want to experience all of that and you don't want to spread it out. Eh. I mean, I see people doing this. Obviously, people who have the, the means to do it. But it is expensive to go one time. Like if I think of how much it's going to cost me to pack up the family. And even if you do try to save costs and renting an Airbnb close by and doing all of that, it still adds up. You're still still spending 15 grand. If you want to see the world and do that. Yeah, I could see people doing it. It's 24 nights, sorry, 24 days, 23 nights, and you get to see everything Disney has to offer. Almost everything. Is it VIP style too? Like, I mean, is this like a, whatever the version of Fast Pass is for each park? I'm not sure what they have. Is it all that, all that included? I know you mentioned meals. Yeah, you do get that. It's all in. And it's, yeah, I mean, again, if you have the money, 
and you love Disney, it'll book up. It's going to book up. I just don't know how people afford that. I mean, that just seems like such a foreign concept to me. I used to take my kids to Disney World every year, but you know me, I'm cheap. So what I would do is the cheapest way it can be done. Go over the border, drive, you fly at a Buffalo and on Southwest and JetBlue and all those cheapy airlines, you at one point, back when I used to do this, used to be able to get flights for under a hundred bucks. So it'd fly from Buffalo to Orlando. You could get a cheap car rental, stay at like the Hawthorne Suites, which is near Disney, but not on the Disney property. All of that was a very inexpensive vacation. You could eat for all you can eat for nine ninety nine. Uh, those buffets down there. They're nasty too, right? Oh. Like two dollars. All you can eat pizza. You're like, what is this? <laughs> but I mean, it's a good way to to keep the cost down sure. when you go on vacation. It is. The most expensive part of it was Disney itself. And we weren't dining at Disney. We weren't doing any of that. We cut out everything that wasn't absolutely necessary. Mm-hmm. And that was a hell of a lot cheaper than 110 yeah. grand. Oh, I mean, yeah. This is this is an experience. Like I said, this is one of those once in a lifetime you have to be a huge fan of Disney. Like for me, I hear that and I'm like, okay, cool. But I don't think that I would love it enough to to save up money or remortgage or whatever it might be to do that. Like, But for some people, I, I know this is going to book up. It's going to be people with, with the means to do it. We haven't talked about Amber Heard in a while. She's a real hot mess. And they're still airing portions of the interview she did with, yeah. was it Today or GMA? That was with Today, with uh, Savannah Guthrie. She She spoke with... It's interesting because, so they did this interview and it was a long interview, but what they did was just for ratings purposes, duh, they, they chopped it up and played a little bit. So the part that they played yesterday was weird for me. And in the closing argument, you might remember that it was said that Amber still had, basically had feelings for Johnny and the love is still there. And I'm not sure what the angle is with that, because when you hear all those stories that took place and the accusations and her saying allegedly this happened and that happened... Still to say that you have like somewhat of an admiration for someone, isn't that like hypocritical almost to say, I did this, did that, but I, you know, I I wish him nothing but the best. Mm -hmm. If somebody fucks with you that hard, how can you wish them nothing but the best in life? If that's the truth. Because people will be total fucking assholes and then they'll say something like, but I still love them or I still have a lot of strong feelings for them, whatever, to try and make themselves feel better about the shitty thing they just did. It's horrible what Amber Heard tried to do to Johnny Depp. I'm glad he did get vindicated and clear his name. But these interviews that she's doing, what a mess. Listen to yesterday. Amber Heard. On the first day of the trial, you issued a statement and part of the statement said, I still have love for Johnny. Yes. After everything. Absolutely. I love him. I loved him with all my heart. And I tried the best I could to make a deeply broken relationship work. And I couldn't. I have no bad feelings or ill will towards him at all. How do you not have ill will towards someone who you alleged did all of these things to you? I'm, that's confusing. You tried to ruin him. It, How can you possibly say that now unless it's purely just to save face? You were part of a lawsuit, a defamation worth over $150 million. I'm just really, it's very confusing, isn't it? She's messed up. Like, I believe oh, yeah. that psychologist that testified during the trial that she's got some real deep-seated issues with how she sees herself and how she views other people, particularly people in relationships. What a mess. Uh, while we're talking celebrities, though, you've never met Shaq, have you? I've never met Shaq. I'd love to, though. He's such a cool guy yeah. and just larger than life in every way. I came up to Shaq's about the top of his stomach. 
That's how tall that guy is. He is a giant. I guess he was at Julian Club in New York on Sunday night. He was having dinner with a mystery woman. Ooh, a date. Julian is an upscale Chinese restaurant. They say the entree prices aren't outrageous, but they aren't cheap either. Uh, 25 to 40 bucks is the average entree at this restaurant. So that adds up. There were about 40 tables in the restaurant. Shaq looked around, called over his server, and said two things. Number one, I want to pick up the tab for everybody in the restaurant. But don't tell people until I'm gone. Isn't that amazing? Doesn't that make it seem like that's somebody who's doing it for the right reasons? Just to be nice, not looking for uh, admiration, not looking for fanfare, doesn't want attention or publicity. I don't even know if he'd be happy that it leaked out that it was him that did it. Yeah, Shaq is one of those people that does this. He's actually one of the, uh, the celebrities that has the means that will walk into Walmarts or Target locations in the States and just buy everything on layaway and say, yep, contact these people, let them know. We're good. They're good. He'll settle bills. He does that. And he he tries to do it discreetly. And like you mentioned, he's a giant. So doing anything discreetly for Shaq is probably difficult. Right. I mean, you can't go anywhere without knowing that is Shaquille O'Neal. There's nobody, that, I think, in the world that looks like Shaquille O'Neal. No. So, uh, yeah, I mean, doing it for the right reasons. I think that's pretty amazing. I would like to think if I had that kind of money. And he's, keep in mind, guys, he's worth half a billion dollars. But if I had that kind of money, then I would do stuff like that. And maybe be spur of the moment. Just, you know what? I have a feeling... I have a good feeling. And others would argue, why that restaurant? I mean, those people probably can afford to eat there. Why wouldn't you do this? He does so much for so many charities. Because mm-hmm. it's not just those random acts of kindness and money that he does. He is so heavily involved in a lot of children's charities and everything else. He's just one of those good guys, like all around. This is why, one of the reasons why, yeah, I'd love to meet him too. I really wish people would get off their high horse when it comes to shit like that. There's such intense pressure on people who have been successful and done what they have to do to make money and get themselves comfortable to keep giving away their money. And I don't understand why. Shaq does something great and people are trying to find an issue with it. Oh, he didn't need to do that for those people. He could have done this for that. You don't know what the fuck Shaq does. Shaq uses his money for whatever Shaq wants to use his money for. He decided to buy people dinner. Like Kat just said, he's gone into Targets and lay and, and uh, Walmarts and paid off the layaway of people that couldn't afford to buy something. He just bought it for them. He does good shit all the time, mm-hmm. but it's never enough for some people. I know. You know, you hear Elon Musk. How dare he make a business move and purchase Twitter when he could solve world hunger? His money wouldn't solve world hunger. Just so you know, it wouldn't solve world and hunger. He does do good things with his money. And that's the <laughs> thing he does, but it's just never enough for people. Stop judging what other people do with their money. It's messed it's up. Like, by the way, sidebar. Being on a, da- a date with Shaquille O'Neal, I'm wondering what that would be like. Awkward. Let me tell you why. Uh, <laughs> like, just, like physically, you mean? Yeah. yeah, I, I, yeah. I've talked to Shaq, and, and he is, um, what's the politest way to say this? He doesn't say all of his words. Yeah, he's a mumbler, isn't he? Huge he's mumbler. He's a mumbler. We all know this. Like, yeah. For all we know, he told that waitress, yeah, I'd like another drink, please. And she heard, <laughs> I'll buy dinner for everybody. Yeah, that'll be $25,000. Like, oh, that seems expensive. <laughs> no, 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 that seems really expensive. All right, I'll do it. Hell of a nice guy, though. Yeah. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah. You are one of those people that would be the opposite of a pack rat. You, you watch hoarders because you love to hate it. You don't like people that hang on to shit they don't need. Yeah. You yourself get rid of everything that's not being used. Do you have a rule? Like if I haven't used it in like the last year, it's got to go or something like yeah, that? Yeah, absolutely. And it all depends on what it is. But yeah, if I haven't used it in a couple of years and it's taking up space, it's got to go. I, on the other hand, am one of those people that likes to hang on to things in case I might need it in the future. There's very few things that I can say, I'm never going to use that again. And throw it out. Mm -hmm. Because in my head, I can think of different reasons that I might want it. To this day, as an adult, I'm still livid that after I moved out and didn't take all of my stuff, my mom gave away my collection of G.I. Joes that I spent like 15 years collecting. Were they actually worth something too? G.I. Joes. Well, they're in good condition. I took care of my G.I. Joes. They were my favorite things. She threw it out without saying anything to you? Well, I never heard the real story. She says, oh, I don't know where they are. I think I threw them out. I think she gave them to like one of my cousins or something. (laughs) Bullshit. (laughs) Well, anyway, another thing that I had a lot of when I was growing up was movies. I think a lot of people do. How many people have got the entire Disney collection on DVD and that sort of thing? I had VHS tapes, and I distinctly remember having this. A VHS copy of Back to the Future ah. just sold for $75,000 US. Whoa. Um, this is must be like, I'm assuming this is in pristine condition, unopened, et cetera, et cetera. Or is this like a regular copy? Because there's got to be people, lots of people who have that still. The tape is still in its original mm-hmm. shrink wrap, mm-hmm. rated near mint condition by experts. Wow. They say it's the highest sum ever paid for a VHS tape. That's interesting that it's the highest for a VHS tape ever. Do you think there'd be anything that could come along and, and break that record? Uh, oh, Maybe the original Top Gun. The original Top Gun, maybe? Especially now. After Top Gun Maverick, though, that's a good point. Sure. There's a lot of those old throwback movies that some people would probably love to have. Oh, shoot. (laughs) Sorry, I just spilled my thing everywhere. E.T. would be another one that I thought of off the top of my head. You, um... You gotta clean that up. I'm doing. It, I'm doing it as we speak. I don't want you making messes in our studio. I mean, that's why we have a rule: no food or drink in the studio. No, nah, it's water. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> it's not vodka. Jesus. Well, that would what be just want? fucking wasting it. <laughs> Et though, seriously. Et's a great movie. I just thought of that one. What about what are some other classics? Anyway, that's you could do Breakfast Club. You could do Fast Times at Ridgemont High. You could do there's any, any number, number of those '80s movies that would go, uh, and I'm sure some of the old Disney movies are worth a lot too. But none of them ever got seventy five thousand dollars. The thing is, trying to keep it sealed, like you don't know that in the in the what would it be '80s? I suppose when you bought that VHS, you don't know what it's going to be worth someday. It's but nothing is ever going to be like this again. This is what I realize as you as you tell this story. Every nothing is tangible anymore. Like, I can't sit there and hold a, the release on Netflix. You know what I mean? So this is, days like that are, are over, right? Well, in the same way that vinyl records made a huge comeback, there's stores stocking vinyl copies of current music again. It's wild to me. 
Do you think there's a time when people are going to say, yeah, you know what? I just don't like the digital quality. I want to go back to the original, the way it was intended. I want to watch a movie on VHS. Do you think that all those VHS tapes and... Where the fuck are all of our old VHS no tapes? Good, Where did they ever go? Hang on, though. What are you talking about quality in VHS? Those are sh- the shittiest things ever. Well, I mean, there's something to be said for something being recorded on old-fashioned tape instead of being recorded to a hard drive and burned onto a DVD. Some people like the fact that music still sounds pretty pristine when it comes off of vinyl. And maybe there's something sure. there for VHS. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, vinyl like vinyl I get. CDs are not a thing, right? Because my husband has a... Tough time getting rid of a CD. He has a CD collection. A CD collection. What do we need this for? Why, why does he have this? Do you, do you hassle it, him about it? It actually get like, when I see it, I actually twitch. It's in the garage. No, I, I, I can't have it in the house. I said, you can either keep it in the garage or I'm going to throw it away. So it's in the garage. You give ultimatums but, like that? Well, I mean, it's, I don't, is that an ultimatum? I'm going to throw it out. That Wait, sounds like an ultimatum. Sight. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. This is his house too, it's right? I, I just want to be sure. It's C. <laughs> We don't even have a CD player. You don't need to have a CD player to own CDs. Oh my God. You need to not have them. I just don't, um, I just don't get that. That one for me is like, I don't understand. Like, let it go. Mine are gone. I don't have one CD. Actually, that's not true. I have my demo from when I started in radio, my college radio CDs. Oh. I just don't have anything to play them on. Those are called air checks for anyone not sure. And all of my air checks are on cassette. Oh, they're on cassette. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I don't have any cassettes, but my C- the CDs, I-, I had to have to play. I- I- it's probably terrible. It's probably terrible. On Whisper, bartenders revealing the crazy things that they've seen on the job. You interested? Yeah. This person says, I once saw a wasted woman pee outside on the patio like a dog because she didn't want to wait for the bathroom to open up. We had to kick her out. So this is a woman who goes out to the like patio, a dog, just like leg up and everything, just shit faced, pulls her <laughs> pants down, gets down on her knee, lifts one leg and poof, all over the patio. Wow. That's real drunk. But in okay, if you think about it, though, she's seen this before. Clearly, maybe she even has a dog. It's a tried, tested and true method. If you've got a pee. <laughs> For a woman, and you want to make sure that none gets on you, you just lift your leg no, and let her fucking that's go. That's not true. What? It dribbled all over her le- thigh. It dribbled all over her thigh and all over her knees. Does There's she have no, no control what over her vaginal think? muscles or whatever muscles control the pee? No, she d- probably doesn't. Really, most women don't. You can control the direction it goes in. Don't look at me like I, that. That is a false <laughs> statement, sir. That is an absolute false statement. You can't control which way it goes. You must be able to push a little bit. No, you can't. <laughs> no, you can't. It's not very. No. And especially when you're drunk, this chick got it all over her, all over her body. Guaranteed. And probably your clothes. Imagine getting thrown out of a bar after everybody has seen you naked doing that covered in pee. It's terrible. This bartender says, I once saw a dude try to drug a girl at a bar I bartended at. <gasps> Let's just say we took care of him. Good. I fucking love that. I think the world needs more of that. You know what? You want to fuck around? Here's what you're going to win as a prize. Here you go. They probably took him out back and beat the shit out of him. That's horrible. And I'm good with that. This guy says, I saw a dude at the bar I work at casually inject heroin by the pool table. Okay. What the hell? Yeah. Yeah. 
That's not an easy process to get the heroin ready to go into your arm or into one of your veins. This guy took his time and literally did a heroin shot right there in the bar. Jeez Louise. This person says, yesterday, while bartending, my coworker actually mooned people for me. It was hilarious. Our boss did not think so. <laughs> why, why, why would you go to your coworker and say, you know, it'd be funny if you show all these people your butt. How does that even come up in conversation? Yeah, how does that? I don't know. I, I don't. And who's and what are the odds you found willing participants? Someone who is willing to ask and another person who is willing to do it or people. It's uh, was there a reason for it? Were these like bad tippers? They got the moon or was it good tippers and they got the little little view? Were they just being little shits and you just wanted to do it? I mean, I don't know. Great question. This person says a coworker sharded while bartending with me. Oh. So he grabbed a tablecloth and ran outside to clean himself up. What? He came back to work after tossing the tablecloth in the dumpster and acted straight up normal like nothing had just happened. Like we didn't just see him shard his pants. Wow. Wow. Was there seriously in a bar nothing but a tablecloth? Nothing available other than the there's linens wash- for the table. Like, there's a washroom. There's a washroom. There's rags. There's paper towel doing? everywhere. Newspapers. Fucking everything is there. What are you doing? Take off your underwear, heave them in the dumpster, and get your ass back to work. You've uh, you've never bartended. I bartended. It was for a family restaurant, so I've seen some shit. I have seen some shit in doing that job. But working in a bar as a DJ in a club, or sorry, an MC in a club, I know you've seen you've seen some shit. Oh yeah, I've seen some. I saw someone fucking, like someone behind the booth at it was Rev at the time. Ah, was it Rev at the time or was it? Yeah, it was Rev still. I was working the DJ booth and at Rev there's like a couch kind of behind. You're kind of in the middle, not really necessarily in the middle, but whatever. There's couches behind you and there's dance floor in front of you. And I look behind me, and I'm like, is that girl on top of that guy? They're like humping pretty. Oh, they're not. They're they're having sex. Wow, it was happening. It was happening. Somebody did end up ratting them out and security came. But the security guards in nightclubs have great stories. They oh, have my the God. Best stories, don't they? And they're some of the best people to talk to about anything. They've got a great perspective. I love bar security. Um, why did somebody need to tell on them? Were they not supposed to be there or was it the, the people fucking? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they just um, it's possible they were friends with those people and realized maybe this isn't a good idea for these two to hook up. So how else can I break this up? I'll get someone else to do it. I mean, you're not supposed to fucking club. So yeah, the security guards are going to break that up if they can. Yeah, I, I get I know that. It I don't know why you have to be such a fucking cock block about this. I, I mean, know. I mean, clearly the both the two of them did seem to want it. Um, very drunk, but did seem to want it. But I remember just looking over and being like, what is happening right now? <laughs> this uh, guy says, once I saw a guy trying to leave without paying his tab. Mm-hmm. We questioned him and said, hey, where are you going? He said, I'm dining and dashing. (laughs) Straight up. (laughs) Straight up. I can't make this shit up. He actually told us he's dining and dashing. Wow. So I'll tell you, I have so many of these kind of stories. I'll tell you another story. Um, Once we had to cut a woman off. We cut a woman off because she ha- had her car keys with her. So we had to cut her off and she was a complete fucking mess and a nightmare to deal with because she was like, oh, fuck you. And we're like, look. And my manager at the time was like, we'll call you a cab. Okay. Give me the keys. 
um, give me the keys. And she did finally, after a fight, hand over the keys. Thank God we stopped her. So we get her in a cab and it was like, okay, phew, we're done with that, right? Wipe your hands clean of that. So about an hour later, a cab comes back up and pulls back up to the bar. And the only reason we noticed is because we were about to close. Wouldn't you know it? The chick got back in a cab after with her new set, separate set of car keys and tried to get back into her fucking car. You're kidding. So we had to call 911. Oh my God. Maniac. She was an absolute mess. So let me get this straight. She safely got home because you guys intervened and sent her home in a cab. She thought, wow, I dodged a bullet there. I got home safely. No DUI. And actually wanted to tempt fate and go back and get her car. Got a spare set of keys and then tried to get back into her car. And did end up driving out of the parking lot. I'm sure the cops picked her up right after that. Apparently they did. But at a certain point, when you're working at the establishment, that's your responsibility, right? So it's like we had to get the cops involved at that point. Uh-huh. You know, 100%. lunatic. Saw this on TMZ the other day, and I'm curious about your perspective. And, and be honest. We know how bad the economy is. We know that it's going to get much, much, much worse very soon, unless some serious interventions happen. One of the female staffers at TMZ said... Everybody thinks about robbing a bank. Ah. Have you ever thought about robbing a bank? Everybody. Okay. So when you say. Like she says emphatically, everybody thinks about robbing a bank. Just not everybody does it. Everybody thinks about it is probably somewhat true. Really? Not necessarily everybody thinks that they're going to do it or thinks they should create a plan to do it. But you think about what that would be like. No. I mean, I put myself in that position of what would that be like? I, ha- I carry with me a lot of guilt all the time if I do one thing wrong or if I feel like I'm screwing something up. I, I could never do it, right? I could never rob somebody. I know that about myself. But it doesn't mean that I haven't thought, what would that look like if I did try to, to I mean, rob a bank, maybe not necessarily, but rob somebody. Like, that's so messed up to me. But of course, I've thought about what that would be like. Yeah. I don't like it. Like, I don't like the outcome when I think about it, but I've still thought about it. If you knew, like, every cop in town is over at the, the, the coffee shop over there, and there's a pretty good chance... <laughs> Eating their donuts! <laughs> and you thought, there's a pretty good chance I could get away with it. You know, I've got a perfect disguise. They'll never figure yeah. out it's me. Odds that the cops are going to come are slim. I'm going to try. Could you ever see yourself robbing a bank? Yeah, no, no. No, say it clearly into Never. the microphone just in case ne- you do. I- I'm going to hold this as evidence. <laughs> Never. Like, that's the thing. Again, with me, I don't understand. the. You have to be in an either very desperate situation or grown up in all the wrong ways to do shit like that. I do believe that. I, I don't. I can never, ever see myself in that scenario. It's messed up. It really is. But no, I mean, to answer, no, even if you could tell me, I guarantee you'll get away with it. Uh, again, I carry, way, I carry way too much guilt in my life. I would not be able to do that. No. Would you continue banking with that institution if you did? Yeah. <laughs> After you go the next day, I'd like to put all this many thousands, hundreds of thousand dollars into the bank, please. If it looks familiar, it's just a coincidence. Ignore the die pack. <laughs> Don't ask questions. Uh, while we're getting your opinion on something, we can both go on this. Does someone who has been really hard on trying to get us to follow COVID protocols and stuff like that, do they lose credibility when they themselves catch COVID? 
lose credibility when they catch COVID. I mean, for me, anything to do with COVID, I don't think you, I think that it's a good taste of, of, of medicine that you should maybe get because it's really easy to catch COVID. Dr. Fauci has now tested positive for COVID-19. And if you do all of the things that Dr. Fauci said you should do and you shouldn't do, you probably shouldn't catch COVID. So does that mean he's not following his own advice? Or does that mean that COVID is just going to be here and regardless and anybody could catch it? Correct me if I'm wrong, but Dr. Anthony Fauci was not one of the ones that was like singing from the hilltops, stay apart still, still distance after all this time. Wear your mask. He was never one to do that. He was always a little more lax and one of those people that did realize and knew that COVID was a part of our life. No? You're sort of right. I mean, Americans fucking hate the guy because they don't like the restrictions and he did impose restrictions, but he was never as bad as Dr. Tam. Dr. Tam just went off the deep end and she wasn't even the worst in Canada. The local medical officers of health were even worse. And I think to myself, after all the shit that you put people through, then you caught COVID? That should tell you that this is just something that's going to happen. You really can't avoid it despite your best efforts. So if Fauci catches COVID, and you're right, he was a little more lax, I don't know that he has any more credibility. Justin Trudeau was hard on COVID. He's had it twice in four months. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like... That's because he's going around traveling everywhere. I mean, yeah, of course. He'll claim, though... Oh, it's, it would have been worse if I didn't get the shots and the boosters. Why do they got to focus on that, by the way? Why do all these people who have any type of platform, why is that their go-to? Thank goodness I got double vaxxed and boosted and triple boosted and super duper boosted. Why are you focusing on that? Like, why instead can't I hear from somebody in that position to say, yep, got it again. We know it's pretty contagious, guys. Do your best and make sure that you're on top of it. Try to do those rapid tests when you can if you feel like something's up. Why do you have to focus on, but thankfully I'm back and double boosted and all this other shit? Why? You know, they're, they're really, really, really hell-bent on selling these vaccines. And I don't know if it's the drug company thing or what, but I mean, even in the U.S., they just approved the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines for kids ages six months to five years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did that despite the experts telling them COVID is not a risk to that demographic. It's really, really, really rare for any of them to have a, a, a negative outcome. But still, the FDA recommending now that they get vaccinated at six months old. I, I, I don't, I don't know how that story is going to end, but it does yeah. make me nervous too, Kat. Uh, and, and all indicators are that when COVID comes back in the fall, they will change the definition here. And anybody who can be vaccinated will have to be vaccinated or they'll face the same, same mandates. That's if uh, Trudeau is still in power, and, well, that remains to be seen. Last thing I want to talk about here, I think, because we'll keep it a little shorter today, is a question that came up on our radio show, and I was actually surprised at the answers. Guy wanted to know. He said, I was recently contacted by an ex-girlfriend. She texted him and wanted to see how he's doing. He's been dating another woman for about eight months now. He's afraid to tell his current girlfriend that an ex contacted him. He's afraid she's going to fall apart and start grilling him. To avoid the confrontation, is it okay to not tell your current partner that an ex reached out? Or do they need to know when an ex reaches out to you? Yeah, okay, so... um I'll hold off, I guess, giving my opinion on it for now. Can I read some text messages? Let's hear it. So Jeanette says, unless you're friends with the ex 
and the current girlfriend or boyfriend is aware there should not be any contact at all. Oh. Kathy says, I got a message the other day from an ex. I told my partner about it. It wasn't a big deal. We laughed it off. I did not respond to the ex, to be clear. I had no reason to. Hmm. Guys, uh, about this t- text and letting your telling your partner whether or not an ex reached out to you, I think you're in the right relationship and you feel comfortable telling them, but 90% of the people are probably thinking that their partner will react in a negative way and they probably just want to avoid a conflict. Yep. For me, I would let them know and then have to deal with their own issues if they have a problem with it. Okay, so they're saying it's better to just, even if you think, is this going to cause a problem if I even say anything, even though there's nothing happened? Yeah, tell them because then you have a good conversation out of it. Uh, Alyssa says, I agree with Kat. Okay, this is going to be a spoiler alert for you guys. Uh, (laughs) If an ex calls, you should absolutely tell them. If they're calling, they clearly want to still have some form of relationship or connection to you, which is more than likely not going to be received well from the current partner. If you don't, it does raise the question, what else are you not telling me? Uh... Mm-hmm. Steve says it sounds like a lose-lose situation, and I totally understand where Steve's coming from there. You know what? It's shitty that an ex would put you in that situation, too. What a shitty person, I think. That's me. I'm pretty like strong on this, though. I'm pretty black and white when it comes to this shit. Uh, Corin says, I'd never, but even if I wanted to, I'd never be able to answer a call from an ex. My brothers would be on their way kicking their ass. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. One person says, I talk to my ex all the time on Facebook and I don't tell my husband. It would just cause a problem, even though this person lives far away. Does that matter that your ex lives in a different country, for example? Less risk of something happening. I I would think the fear here is that the the ex is trying to get back with them. Well, you don't have to worry about that if the ex lives in another country. In all likelihood. Okay, good. Uh, it's it's interesting to me. What what came out of this today is that I realize people have differing opinions on it. And I think you got to make it clear in your relationship. What's important is that you make it clear in your relationship what that person would want. Throw it out there to them. What if an ex contacted me? Would you want to know? Maybe the person will say no. You know what? That'll just start shit. As long as I, I, I trust you, I would trust that you would shut that conversation down. Let's leave it at that. Great. Why can't we have these kinds of conversations? Why? Because when it involves an ex, when there was intimacy there, the other person, the current person, probably gets a little defensive about it. Sorry, not defensive. That's not the right word. They probably instantly get... Insecure. They They might get get insecure. Insecure is probably a great way to put it. Thank you very much. It's... uh, and if it's totally innocent, and even if you didn't reply to the text, even if you shut it down right away, uh, maybe you even said, you know what? You don't need to contact me. Fine. Just leave me alone. If you go to your current partner with that, that can create conflict that really has absolutely nothing to do with you. You didn't solicit that text. You shut it down afterwards. Do you really need to run to them and tell them that? Is there no trust in this relationship? You know, I mean, I would trust uh, my partner to... If her ex contacts her, just deal with it appropriately. And sometimes there are perfectly reasonable reasons for an ex to contact you out of the blue. It could be something like, mm-hmm. hey, I know you were close to my brother. He passed away. Sorry, I just okay. thought you should know. It, is- it could be that. Hold on. It could be something as simple as, hey, did you file your taxes? Because when we live together, we have to file common law. It could be any number of reasons that they reach out to you. We're and- not talking about those reasons, though. I think we should take all of those aside. Okay. Those don't count. I'm talking about at this particular scenario. 
where the ex was calling just to see how you were. You're opening the door for something. Nobody calls their ex in the hopes to just find out how you are. Nobody does. You're looking for something. You want a relationship. Maybe not even that. Maybe you want to pry into their life for another reason. Either way, it's toxic. Either way, you're reaching out for toxic reasons. And a phone call for me is so much worse than like a DM on Facebook, for example, because that shit's clear as, as can be. And you can show your ex like, look, or your current partner, like, look, my ex fucking loser, whatever. And then be <laughs> rid of it. Right. It, there's no reason for the contact. There's no reason in my mind. You cannot convince me at all. Unless they're somehow, I don't know, related to a best friend of yours and you happen to see them casually every now and again. But there's no reason why they need to contact you directly. Zero. And it might not be you that's being fishy. Don't get me wrong. You're not in the wrong because because someone called you. But they definitely want something from you. So if you engage in that, you're basically giving them the opening of, yeah, maybe this could happen. That's exactly what you're doing. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I think that if you shut it down and and this was a perfectly innocent thing that you didn't solicit, why should you put yourself in a position to get grilled or to have suspicions cast on you when you didn't do anything? Really, mm-hmm. it's not your issue. It's your current partner's issue if they make a big deal of it. And if they're angry that they didn't know when it was perfectly innocent, uh, maybe that's where the communication needs to happen. Not mm-hmm. with the ex. And like I said, you know, maybe it's good if you're in a relationship now and nothing like this has happened to you before and nothing's been brought up before and you do have exes, each of you, maybe it's a good conversation to have. Hey, if it happened out of the blue, would you want to know or would you think it's no big deal? It's good to know their perspective or their thought on it because some people are so hard one way or the other on this topic right? yeah but even presenting the hypothetical you think that that would raise red flags that aren't there yeah why would he ask me that i know his ex right. contacted her or contacted him people so fucking paranoid though it's such a problem because everybody's never... paranoid oy, oy. and everybody has got anxiety all of a sudden it's crazy <laughs> like it's crazy to me i mean yeah like you got to trust your partner at the same time i, I appreciate honesty like you got to be honest about it Anyway, great. That's it's great. I love that so many people have differing opinions on it. It's it's interesting, isn't it? Quick, quick, quick. Good news stories. I got three good news stories that I want to get in the podcast because it's almost the weekend, the final weekend of spring, and I like it when we can do something that's nice. Just the other day, horrible house fire. This house was fully engulfed. And you're wondering, how is that good news? Let me tell you. This was in New York State. A house went up in flames, but so convenient. Just down the road, the neighbor happens to be a firefighter. The neighbor could hear screams coming from the house. And as a firefighter, they are trained to go in and and find the most efficient route to get the person out. In this case, it was a little girl that was stuck in the house, scared to death with the flames and the smoke and didn't know what to do. But the firefighter couldn't get into the house because the smoke was so thick. It was going to create a dangerous situation for him to go in. But, and maybe this was divine intervention. Maybe it was just an amazing coincidence. That firefighter, quick thinker that he was, remembered he had just gone and spoke at career day at school. He had his entire breathing apparatus in the trunk of his car. So there, in his pajamas, he gets into his tank and his mask, ran into the house, saved the girl and a pet, if I'm not mistaken, and had them out on the lawn by the time the the fire department arrived. That is so nice. I mean, meant to be, right? Like all those kinds of stories. It's just meant to be. Guy in Louisiana, driving, 
saw a cat on the side of the road, a little kitty cat, just a baby, a kitten. And he thought, oh, shit, this is not going to end well. There's a little kitten just sitting there on the, on the side of the road. I'm going to go and get rid of that kitten or take him off the road and get him to a safe place. He did. It's great. So he's got the little cat. Everything's fine. He's trying to figure out his next move. Do I keep the cat? Do I try and find the owner? What should I do? Then 12 more of them ran out of the bushes. Whoa. Now this guy's got 13 fucking kittens <laughs> trying to figure out what s- to do. <laughs> Were they all siblings, we assume? Uh, like presumably, a, litter, a litter? Yeah, presumably it Whoa. was a litter of cats. Jeez. So he loaded all 13 kittens into his car and drove straight to the shelter. And now... 12 of the 13 have already been adopted. Oh, that is, you know, that is so nice. And I'd like to think that, I mean, I know I would be that person. If I saw a little kitten on the side of the road, yeah. And I would think the same thing. Like this kitten, I stopped for a turtle actually not long ago. You know, like when I see stuff like that, yes. But I couldn't imagine there was like so many more. Like, oh, here we go. I'm glad there's nice people like that. Last one, 16-year-old boy named Sam lives in Ohio. Sam has been battling cancer since 2018. He was contacted by Make-A-Wish. They reached out to him and and asked Sam straight up, you're going through hell right now. This is the fight of your life. What can we do to help you keep fighting? What can we do to make you happy, to change your life, to give you an experience that would really help you see this fight through? Mm -hmm. And I love that Make-A-Wish does stuff like that. The kid, even though he's 16, decided he wanted to go to boot camp. (laughs) His dream was to be in the armed forces. And you can't be in the armed forces at 16. I love, by the way, that that's the the dream, you know, because everybody's got a different one. Okay. Now, the military can't make an exception. They can't allow a 16-year-old with cancer to, to join the army and enlist. And they don't have like a drop-in program in the Marines. Mm -hmm. But... Seven Marines heard the story, stepped up and said, you know what? We'll put him through boot camp. If that's what he wants, if that's what's going to change his life and give him the strength he needs to keep going, we're going to do it. So these seven Marines trained this kid for two full days. He lived with the the Marines for two days. They did an obstacle course, swim test. They did the crucible challenge that all Marines have to go through. And if he couldn't do something... They all did it together as a team, and they took him through. That is, that's really cool. Then they made him an honorary Marine. Oh, stop. You know. Get out of here with that shit. That's great. I love it. There are still good people in the world, everyone. Despite all the assholes around you right now, there's still some good eggs out there, and those are some of them. Have yourselves a fantastic Thursday, everybody. We will see you tomorrow. Dave is going to join us for <laughs> join us for the Friday episode. Yay! Have a great day. Bye. I read that Dr. Fauci has tested positive for COVID, but luckily he's only experiencing mild symptoms. Yeah, COVID must feel like it just reached the final boss in a video game. <laughs> like, yeah, we did it. Microsoft formally shut down Internet Explorer. Well, technically, it just shut down itself, and then they couldn't restart it. Amid a salmonella outbreak, the CDC has instructed people not to kiss or snuggle their chickens. Although if you're kissing and snuggling chickens, I'm not sure salmonella is your biggest issue. A man in the UK recently got a tattoo on his feet that looks like a pair of shoes. Said the man it hurt, but not as much as the underwear. 
The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold, guaranteed, or he'll buy it.